will begin by singing number 73 in the worship of his majesty. This is my Father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings, and round me rings the music of the spheres.
101. I'm pressing on the upward way. Good morning, and um, happy Mother's Day. It's a privilege to have my own mother here to worship with us, as well as the mother of my children. So 
Um, Gail's asked that we read Psalms 37 this morning, so if you want to open your Bibles to Psalms 37, we'll read that together. Okay, Psalms 37 says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the works of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be, yea, they shall diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as be of unright conversation. Their sword shall enter their own hearts and their bows shall be broken. A little that, is right, a little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken and the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days and the upright of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of the lambs. They shall, they shall consume, and to the smoke shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth, and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy, and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that curse of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now I am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and, and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. 
The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his ways, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. I have seen the wicked in great power, and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he, passeth, yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressor shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength and in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver, deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. I don't have a whole lot to say, um, but reading through this, does make me um, think that, you know, we're living through a time of pandemic that really has no respecter of the rich, the poor, or even your religious affiliation, but God is in control, and it calls here to trust in him so we can have that perfect peace, and we don't have to live in fear as some do, but um, we're called out to be a light, and um, I'm just glad we can be together, and we can up build each other up so that we can um, just be strengthened so that Tomorrow we can go out and be that light that he's calling us to be. So let's just go to form in prayer. Lord God, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. Just to thank you, first of all, that we can gather together. We've had this opportunity and we have this, this freedom to do so. But um, it's really a privilege, and it won't always be so, and it isn't always so for everyone. But you're still here, and you're still there, and that you are, um, you are um, the giver of peace and, and hope. And we just thank you for that, and just, um, just pray that you would bless our day, that we would just be strengthened. We pray that you would be glorified. We just, um, pray a special blessing on Brother Gale. Lord, just speak through him and just um, give him your words and open our hearts so that we could receive that word lord and just today being mother's day we just thank you for our mothers and we pray a special blessing on them and just pray that you would just um, help them to feel the appreciation we have and just to feel your special presence and lord jesus we just thank you for coming and living and dying and and that you overcame death and that you rose again and then you are hope and you are peace, and you are our salvation. We thank you for that, and we love you for that, and we pray this all in your name. Amen.
Our God is alive. Hallelujah. Good morning. Welcome to worship. You know, it's it just such a blessing to be here this morning. And uh, I, I just want to say what, what's a wonderful blessing to me is to be able to look out here and see all your faces this morning. You know, it, it's just not very inspiring to me to stand up here and just look at a screen and a bunch of empty chairs. But when I look into your faces this morning, that gives me inspiration and it gives me energy. You've got the Holy Spirit within your bosom and it just shines right out in your faces. Hallelujah for that. So we've already been introduced this morning in our studies in our Sunday schools that this is Mother's Day. And I just want to repeat the same thing. Happy Mother's Day. You know, all of us here have had a mother. Some of them are still here with us and some of them have gone on. My mom left probably nearly 60 years ago. Shirley's mom's been gone for five years now. You know, when Mom Sarver would call us and we weren't there to take the message, she would leave a message and about the first three words that would always be on that message was, hello, this is your mother. And you know, Shirley and I really miss that. And the reason I bring this up is that I would like for all of you who still have your mom with you to tell her how much you love her and to not take a moment for granted of your relationship with her. Value that every moment. Well, I just want all of you to know, you mothers, that you're special. You're a blessing. And we honor you, not just today. We want to honor you every day. We have received probably our earliest instruction from you. And probably you've been the greatest influence on our lives for where we're at right now. And you know, there's another thing that I've thought about quite a little bit. I don't think there's a one of you here that haven't prayed for us as children. You've prayed a lot of prayers, and you've probably cried a lot of tears. So, you know, I think this morning, we've already done that some, but I just want to take a special time to pray for all you mothers. I'd just like to pray over you and bless you this morning. And so I'm, I'm just going to ask all of you who care to and who feel like it and who would, who are mothers, just to stand right now. Don't be bashful about it. We love you. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. 
Father God, I come to you this morning in the name of Jesus just to thank you for all of the blessings that you continually give us, both naturally and spiritually. Right now, Lord, I just want to thank you. There are a group of women, mothers, our mothers before us here this morning, women of beautiful spirits, women who have reached out to us in every way. They've sacrificed their whole life for us, Lord. The natural and the physical work, effort, and sacrifice that it took for us from the time we were born till we could begin to do anything at all on our own, that in itself is a great sacrifice. And far beyond that, the emotional support that these mothers have given us, Lord. We thank you for that. When we were sad or when we were lonely, they brought comfort to us. When we were distressed, they brought peace to our soul. Lord, I just thank you that you have blessed them to teach us about who you are. Lord, they have dropped those seeds in the furrows that are deep when we were young. And we thank you for giving us godly mothers. And Lord, most of all, I just want to thank you that they have taught us so much about your love. They've just wrapped their arms around us and hugged us even when we were unlovable. They've taught us that love is unconditional and that's what you are lord and so we pray as we worship you today we could always remember that you have come just because of your great love for us we thank you in jesus name amen thank you i ask you to open your bibles to matthew chapter 6 You'll re remember that this is uh, a part of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave, and he talks in this chapter about almsgiving, he talks about prayer, he talks about forgiveness, he talks about where our treasure is, he talks about humility. We just want to break into this chapter and read about the last 10 or 11 verses of it. We're going to start in verse 24. Matthew 6. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, they do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, 
and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, and sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know, it's just wonderfully amazing to me how quickly that God can get our attention. All he has to do is just touch the fast lane. And men slow down and they begin to think. You know, just shut down somebody's business. Shut down all the schools. You know, even the great American idol is completely vacant. There's nobody in the sports stadiums. Our agendas are changed. Our schedules are changed. And God has our attention. You know, I've, uh, I think it's been recorded recently that the sales of, of Bibles are up. And you know, I know evil has spiked. There's no doubt about that. But there is a potential for so much good in the time that we live in right today. Family bonding time. A time to reevaluate our values. A time to pray. A time to meditate on God's word. A time to listen to the Lord. You know, not so long ago, it's been a little while now, but I was with an older brother and he was reading, I don't remember what part of the scripture, but we would discuss a little bit at that part of the scripture. And he said, you know what the problem is? He said, so many times I just read over that scripture and that word so fast I don't listen to the Lord. I don't realize what he's saying to me. This is a time when you can slow down and have plenty of time to absorb it and listen to God. And you know, I'd like to just encourage you, as you nurture your relationship with God, it'll show up in your practical life. Others is going to see that. You're going to reflect out of your life what you took into your heart. I appreciated what Brother Bart told us this morning before our service started. I believe in observing some caution. But I'm going to tell you what birthed this message this morning. I have a cause of great concern 
Because I have seen believers that are as old as I am or older that I've known almost all of my life that seem to be paralyzed with fear right now. And they're not believers that worship here. So I'm going to ask this question this morning to me. I want all of us to ask this question to our own hearts and souls. What's my anxiety level? Right now, this morning, today, what's my anxiety level? You know, it's only natural for everyone to have some anxiety. But if that cripples me, I've made the wrong choice. If the anxiety in my life cripples me, I've made the wrong choice. You know, there's really only two choices as I meet the circumstances of life. I can respond in faith and worship, or I can react in fear and worry. These two choices were addressed in the psalm that Brother Aaron read to us this morning. You'll notice the first two words in that psalm say, fret not, and it's repeated at least two more times in that psalm. And that's the reaction of fear and worry. And then you'll only read just a couple verses more, and you'll get the phrase, trust in God. And that's repeated at least a couple more times in that chapter. And then you go on over to Proverbs, and it's followed, trust in God with all your heart. So I think we'll use those two answers to those two questions as a text this morning, but we would like to entitle our message just simply with two words, trust God. Pretty simple, isn't it? Just trust God. So let's address the first text about fretting not. Let's ask ourselves some more questions. When I go to bed at night, do I toss and turn and can't go to sleep, can't relax? Because I'm, I'm just fully cumbered with the cares of the world. Then how about my day? Is my day so consumed with the affairs of life, I struggle with overwhelming stress level? Does that speak to me? Am I just emotionally exhausted trying to sort out the journey of life? You know, I, I'll confess my own heart to you right now. I have come to worship services like this before, and I didn't even hear the message. You know, I, I just couldn't even focus on the Lord. I couldn't worship God. My heart 
was locked in temporal care and the stress that it brought to me, and I couldn't worship God. Have you ever been there? Are you there today? Why? Why are we there if we are? Why have we been there if we were? Well, we could say pretty easily that we just didn't trust God. We know that. But more specifically, it's because I refuse to believe the truth of God's word. Oh, I, I knew it intellectually. I knew all about it up here, but I didn't believe it right here. So I couldn't dismiss the care and worship God. You know, we all have worship barriers from time to time, relationship conflicts, money problems, so on and so forth. But if that obsesses me with fear, it robs me of worship. You know what worry is? Worry is simply the troubled, uneasy, anxious, struggling state of the mind that affects my whole being, my natural health, and who I am, how I function. Now, trouble will come. There's no doubt about that. Trouble's going to come. But how will I deal with it? You know, I'd like to think about David for just a moment and how he dealt with it. We're just going to think about the beginning of one psalm as he starts out. He says this. He says, Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Can I just trust Jesus with it all? I can. That's what David did. Just lead me to the rock that's higher than I am. He's always going to be there. You know, most of us, I think, know the little prayer of sincerity. It's pretty popular. You see it fairly often. And it goes something like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change and the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And you know, fear and worry are beyond courage and concern. How many of you can change your past? You know, I can't change the past. Now, I want to say this. If I can't get past the past, there's something wrong, and I need to make some reconciliation somewhere, either to God or somebody else, so I can get past the past. But I can't change the past. How many of us can control the future? Our health, economy, our children, List goes on. You fill in the blank. Can't control it.
You know, I want to share with you uh, what a friend of mine shared with me in his experience a few years ago. His body shut down to the point that his five senses would not respond for a number of hours. He could still think, but he had no ability to respond. And these are the lessons that he shared with me that he learned through that time. Number one, I have no control. God is in control. Number two, my complete sufficiency is of God and him alone. Number three, I need and am dependent on the intercessory prayers of others. This brother said he did not even have the ability to pray for himself during that time. And the fourth one, the one that I really want to focus on, is that the only time to live is in the now, right now. That's the only time we have to live, is right now. Right now, this moment, we can think we can try to live in the past or we can think what's going to be in the future, but right now is the only time that I'm blessed to really live, right now. So I'm not made for worry and fear. You know... Uh, to fill myself up with worry and fear is kind of like uh, filling a diesel engine up with gasoline and then starting it. And most of the time it won't start. But if it ever started a diesel engine with gasoline in it, it'd rev up so fast and so hard that it'd just blow clear apart. And that's what happens in our lives when we fill them up with worry and fear. We're not made for that. And so before long, we're in such a spin that we go out of control. So Peter gave us this encouragement. He said, just cast all your care on God because he cares for you. So let's, uh, let's think about the second part of the text. That's what we really are after today. Let's think about trusting God. We've thought about fretting and fretting not. Now let's think about trusting God. And so we want to go to this scripture that we read here in Matthew. And we're going to just, uh, I don't know how this will all speak to you. I'd like for you to uh, take these 10 or 11 verses home with you and just Mull them over in your heart and your mind and your meditation and let them speak to you. But I think we'll, uh, for the moment right now anyway, we'll just think about them together and see how they might speak to us. And I'll just share with you what, how God spoke to my heart through these verses. Let's just take them a verse at a time, starting in verse 24, and think about trusting God in our present situation. No man can serve two masters, for either he will 
hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And so that, that poses several questions to me. Who is my master? Who is my allegiance to? What spirit controls me? That verse speaks to me this way. It is a call for me to choose. A call for me to choose who my master's going to be. You know, I think of uh, Elijah when he called all of the people up there to Mount Carmel and he had the prophets of Baal up there and he addressed all the people and he said, now, if the Lord's God follow him and if Baal is God, then follow him, but quit halting between your opinions. Follow one or the other. And the people answered him not a word. Who is my Lord? Is Jesus on the throne in my heart? How am I responding to that today? You know, if I confess Jesus as Savior, that means that uh, I have the promise of someday going to heaven. But to confess him as Lord is quite another thing. That means that I will experience his life right now, right here, today, in the present, the now. Worship God. Trust God. Verse 25, Therefore... I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not a life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Therefore, that means think about this, is not the life more than meat. This is a call to choose eternal values over temporal values. Life created by God in his image to live with him forever. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I'm dead to the world. My life is hid with Christ and God. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. Christ in you, the hope of glory, a call to choose eternal values. Trust God, worship him, live now, today, right now. Verse 26, behold the fowls of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, are ye not much better than they? Behold, behold, that means to look seriously on, evaluate carefully. You know, this verse to me spoke gloomy like this. This is a call for me to praise the source of all providential blessing, the great I am, the provider of everything for my life. This verse says that uh, God is the creator and the sustainer of the birds. 
And you'll read in other, other gospel scriptures here that there's, there's not a, a sparrow that falls to the ground, but what the Father knows about it. He's not forgotten one of them. But you know what? He didn't come to redeem those birds, but he came to redeem you. He is your redeemer. He is our provider, not only for temporal things, but for that which is eternal. Our relationship with him forever. Praise Jesus. Trust God. Worship him right now. Live now. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? That's an interesting verse to me. You know, there's a lot of people, I think, that want to change who they are. You know, that verse calls me to peaceful reflection about how God created me. Oh, I could dwell on the fact that I'm too short, I'm too tall, I don't have any hair on top of my head. But you know what? God made you just like he made you because that's what he wanted. And I'm supposed to rejoice in that and to be glad in it. That is the way God made me, and he made me that way for his pleasure. Be happy. Rejoice. Worship God. Trust in him. Enjoy life today. Now is the time to live. 28, 29. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. That's an interesting verse too. Interesting two verses. And uh, the word that stuck out to me in those two verses was consider. I think the Bible says that in the time of adversity, consider. It's time to consider. A call to focus on God's majesty that surrounds us daily. You know, this, this verse says that Solomon, in all of his wisdom, all of his power, all of his wealth, all of his glory, does not compare with the color, the beauty, the fragrance, the delicacy, and the design of just one flower. Isn't that amazing? Trust God. Verse 30, wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Wherefore, because you've considered the lily, we're called to consider the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. Do I question God? You know, if I question God's faithfulness, this verse tells me that my faith is weak. I'm just not, not where I ought to be with him. You know, I think about the words of Jesus, and uh, Matthew records them clear at the end of his book. Jesus said, I'm with you 
always, even unto the end of the world. You know, that, that's, that's faithfulness. That's God's faithfulness to us. Will we be faithful to him? <clears throat> Verse 31 and 32 we'll consider together. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these, after all these things that the Gentiles seek, and your heavenly Father knoweth ye have need of all these things. Therefore, this is, a, this is a time to think again. It's a time and a call to steadfastness, to be settled, and to be patient in God. You know, one of the verses that uh, Aaron read to us out of the psalm from David was that he had been young, and now he was old, and yet he had never ever seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Time to just rest, steadfast, settled, and patient in God. You know, he didn't spare his own son. He delivered him up for everyone, and he has promised that with him he will give us freely all things. Well, we come now to the key verse in this text, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, I think just about every man that's ever been created is seeking and searching. A lot of people are see seeking and searching because they're filled with a great vacuum of emptiness, and they've tried to fill that in almost every way you can think of. Alcohol, drugs, sex, money, entertainment, recreation, you just fill in the blank, and only to find that they are emptier with a greater void. And then, you know, there are also groups of men and women who are filled with the deception of a false hope. They say they know God, they know his righteousness, they're in his kingdom, and they have never acknowledged that Jesus is Savior, and they have never surrendered their life to him as their Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know, the answer to all of life is alone in the person of Jesus Christ as he dwells within in his spirit. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And you know, the Bible tells me that the only way I can seek that kingdom and to get into his righteousness and to be in his kingdom and know him and who he is, is through Jesus Christ. Jesus said that. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody's going to get there except through me. This verse is a call to the preeminence of Jesus Christ in every area of my life. 
And then everything that we've read about here is just added blessing. Everything else that's added to us after the fact of our salvation in Jesus Christ is just simply an added blessing. Therefore, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And you know that is simply a call to the sovereignty and the power of God. You know, I pity a person who's going through the day we are right now today, or any day as far as that's concerned, that does not believe and have faith in the sovereignty of God because I don't think they have much hope. The sovereignty and the power of God. My God shall supply all your need according to to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God is in control. Trust him. Fret not. Worship him today. I want to leave with you a verse of scripture that's come to me several times in the last few weeks. Brought comfort to my heart. And I've meditated on some and I'd like to just share it with you for your encouragement. Just a short verse out of Romans. If God be for us, who can be against us? I'd like for you to think about that. Just meditate on it. If God be for you, who can be against you? Lord bless you. Have a wonderful week. Song.